It's nighttime in the big city. The rain-soaked streets reflect the glare of passing headlights. A man paces alone in his hotel room. Do you know where your children are? It's theme time radio hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Albert Einstein once said, a table, a chair, a bowl of fruit, and a violin. What else does a man need to be happy? Albert was smart about many things. We have a little more than a violin, though you will hear a couple of fiddles in today's show. So find a comfortable chair, turn up the radio, because for the next hour, we're going to be playing songs about the ripened ovaries of a flowering plant full of vitamins and 80% water. Theme Time Radio Hour looks at fruit. We're going to be going bananas. We're not going to have sour grapes. And we're not going to upset the apple cart. We're going to compare apples to oranges. Look at strange fruit. The forbidden fruit. The apple of your eye. The big apple. And the fruit of your loins. And I guess when you really look at it, there's only one way you can start. Tutti Frutti, on one side of the line is rock and roll. On the other side of the line is everything else. Tutti Frutti, Little Richard. A song that Richard wrote, along with Bumps Blackwell, 
and Dorothy Labaste. Dorothy's role is kind of mysterious. There's a few different accounts. The most popular one is that Richard was singing the song Tutti Fruity with somewhat risque lyrics. I'll give you a bit of a clue. Fruity rhymes with booty. Well, Bumps, who was the producer, knew those lyrics wouldn't fly. He knew a young girl named Dorothy Labastre, who was always hanging around the specialty studios trying to sell songs. She wrote lyrics which were more acceptable. Richard recorded them, and the song made history. The flamboyant and wonderful Little Richard, the Georgia Peach, here on Theme Time Radio Hour. Tootie doo The true festive meal may begin or end with fruit. This too has its specialists. They quarter it, slice it, dice it, put compatible flavors together. Combine the melon from Spain with the pineapple from the Azores or Hawaii and the apples from Washington and arrange countless other combinations. Let's talk about peaches for a second. A freestone peach just refers to how the flesh of the peach separates from the pit. I don't know if the Memphis Jug Band are singing about freestone peaches, but either way, it's a sweet and juicy record. This record was recorded back in the 20s. I know it seems like a long time ago, but you have to remember this. A lot of the rock and roll bands who discovered Jug Band music in the 60s were as far away from these records as we are from those records of the 60s. To put it another way, a band like the Stray Cats recorded their debut album 20 years after the rockabilly that inspired them. It's been 30 years since their album came out. Time flies. There's the Memphis Tech Band. Will Shade and his whole gang. Peaches in the springtime. Tired of sleeping by myself. No, 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 no. 
I'm gonna build me a castle, 16 story high, so I can see my good girl sometime passes by. I'm building me a castle, 16 story high, I'll try and see my good girl sometime passing by. Will Shade and the Memphis Jug Band. Peaches in the springtime. I always like that voice that answers him in those records. I just love to hear him yell, yeah, and what? <laughs> they say in that song, give me peaches in the springtime and apples in the fall. In ancient Greece, if you wanted to propose to a woman, all you had to do was toss her an apple. If she cut it, you know she accepted your offer. Apples have been associated with romance for a long time. In medieval times, in Germany, if a man wanted his relationship with a woman to succeed, he would eat an apple that was steeped in a perspiration. Apples aren't just associated with romance. You've all heard the expression, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. And a falling apple inspired Sir Isaac Newton to discover the laws of gravity. The apple incident led to his discovering of three basic laws of motion. An object in motion tends to remain in motion unless an external force stops it. An object moves in a straight line unless some force diverts it. In my favorite, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Jack Costanzo, who was known as Mr. Bongo, he made three visits to Havana to study Afro-Cuban rhythms. With all that studying paid off for him, you could find him in a lot of local jam sessions, playing bongos and congas. It didn't take long for local band leaders to discover him. He played with everyone, from Desi Arnaz to Stan Kitten, and backed up performers, including Nat Cole, Judy Garland, Frank Sinatra, and even gave bongo lessons to Marlon Brando. He truly was Mr. Bongo. In the 60s and 70s, he recorded a series of Boogaloo records with his wife, Jerry Wu, who was a former Playboy bunny. After this period of the early 70s, he took a break from recording. The break was 25 years long. Fortunately for all concerned, he made some new records, more of a Latin jazz style, but still full of that Mr. Bongo sound. Here's Mr. Bongo, and this is Wu, Don't Squeeze the Peaches.
Jack Costanzo and Jerry Wu. Hey, we've told you before, don't be squeezing them peaches. You hear a lot of double entendres here on Theme Time Radio Hour, and you know you're going to hear a few on the fruit show. As Sonny Boy Williamson once said, if you don't like my peaches, please don't shake my tree. Take a bite of peach. You know, I better get out of the peach orchard before I get myself in trouble. Let's wander over to the citrus department and play a song by the Latin Playboys. Kind of a side project of David Adalgo and Louis Perez, along with Chad Blake and Mitchell Froome. Also appearing on this record are Wendy and Lisa, who used to play with Prince and now do music for the TV show Heroes. From their second album called Dose, here are the Latin Playboys and Lemon and Ice. Lemon and Ice, the Latin Playboys, here on Theme Time Radio Hour, and we're talking about fruit. There's lots of popular fruit-based desserts. Apple pie, strawberry rhubarb pie, strawberry shortcake, peach cobbler, pineapple upside-down cake, 
key lime pie, lemon meringue pie, apple crisp, blueberry crumble, banana bread. Oh, there's a little room for jello. I know it can get confusing. Some people don't know the difference between apple brown betty and a cobbler. Tell you what, in a few minutes, we'll go through some of these different desserts and try to figure out the difference between pandowdy and strudel. Stick around. In the meantime, here's Eric Donaldson with a song about cherries. Cherry old baby. You might know this one because the Rolling Stones covered it on their black and blue record. But this is the original from five years earlier in 1971. And by the way, this song won the festival song competition that year. Here's Eric Donaldson and Cherry Old Baby. Donaldson, Cherry Old Baby. Eric runs the Cherry Old Baby Go-Go Bar in his hometown of Kent Village in Jamaica. There's a famous children's rhyme with an interesting story behind it. It's all about oranges and lemons, and it goes like this. Oranges and lemons, say the bells of St. Clemens. You owe me five farthings, said the bells of St. Martin's. When will you pay me, said the bells of Old Bailey. When I grow rich, say the bells of Shoreditch. 
When will that be, said the bells of Stepney? I do not know, said the great bell at Bow. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. When this rhyme started, no one really knows. But there's a square dance with the same name that goes back to 1665. The words to this have been chanted by children for generations. The neighborhood names relate to some of the churches around London. The last two lines of the rhyme are kind of an illumination, like in musical chairs, but a little more ghoulish, with your head being chopped off. Dylan Thomas's Bells of Vermney uses the same structure to make something new. Pete Seeger then put music to it, and the birds had a hit with it. Everything old is new again. The last two lines of the poem refer to the tradition of church bells ringing as convicted felons made their way through the streets for public executions. While we're on the subject of citrus, everybody knows the song Sweet Home Chicago. Robert Johnson recorded it, but where it comes from is Kokomo Arnold, the old original Kokomo Blues in 1934. But between those two, after Kokomo Arnold, but seven months before Robert Johnson, Sam Montgomery recorded this song. It's basically the same song. But instead of going to sweet old Kokomo or to Chicago, Sam's going with the sweet old oranges grow. Here's Sam Montgomery, heading for the land of citrus. Not one and one is two, baby, but two and two is four. And you miss Ronnie and your daddy, and he don't want you no more crying on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the southern city where the sweet old oranges grow. Not four and one and five, but five and one is six. You miss not him with daddy, but against your business feet crying on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the southern city. Where the sweet old oranges grow. I want and one is two. I'm wondering what you gonna do. They stand all in a crowd. Gotta offer me it all about you, crying oh. Baby, don't you wanna go? Well, it's back to the southern city. Where the sweet old oranges grow. Now six and one is a seven, but seven and one is eight. You miss not here, now baby, come and get your feet in the street, crying on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the southern city, where the sweet old oranges grow. Now eight and one is nine, but nine and one is ten. When Miss Ron lying on the daddy, there's a shit in the in the pain crying on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the southern cities, baby, where the sweet old oranges grow. Well, ten and one is eleven, and eleven is one and twelve. You miss Ron with your daddy, gonna get you a lot of hell crying on. Baby, don't you want to go? But it's back to the southern city where the sweet old oranges grow.
lot of math in that song. Sam Montgomery, originally recorded for the Ark label, where the sweet old oranges grow. Down to the Florida sunshine tree. Hey, come back, little orange bird. This is my little friend, Orange Bird. He thinks orange. Watch. You're so smart, little friend. Natural orange juice is rich in vitamin C. Remember, breakfast without orange juice is like a day without sunshine. I had a good friend staying at my house recently. I came into the kitchen. I saw him sitting at the table, staring at a quart of orange juice. I asked him what he was doing, and he said the carton said, Concentrate. This is Theme Time Radio Hour, and we're talking about fruit. We don't have time to get to every fruit in the bowl. Matter of fact, I don't think anyone ever wrote a song about kiwis or kumquats. We're going to cover a bunch of them. In the background, you hear a song called Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White. It was a big hit with the great Perez Prado. It's got a dramatic trumpet by Billy Regis, and it was the theme to the Jane Russell film Underwater. Prez was the king of the mambo and recorded albums with Eartha Kitt and Rosemary Clooney. Now, as promised, let me tell you a bit about fruity desserts. Apple Brown Betty is a dessert with layers of apples and buttered crumbs or oats and spices. Apple Tatatang is an upside-down caramelized apple tart. Cobbler is a spoon pie, more like a fruit stew with uh, dumplings. Biscuit dough was dropped into the fruit before baking. That's how it got its name, because the lumps of cooked dough resembled cobblestones. Crisp is a deep dish fruit dessert made with crumb or streusel topping, and then it's baked. Crumble, on the other hand, is a British dessert in which raw fruit is topped with a crumbly pastry mixture and baked. It's like a crisp, but not as rich. Pan Dowdy is also a spoon pie. It's got fruit on the bottom and a rolled crust on top. The crust is broken up to allow the juices to come through. And finally, we have strudel. Now that's German for whirlpool or eddy. It's a type of pastry made up of many layers of very thin dough, spread with filling, then rolled and baked until crisp and golden brown. Mmm. Apple strudel is probably the most famous, but you could fill it with just about anything. And it doesn't have to be sweet. It can also be savory. Mmm. I was at Gold's Gym the other day. I ran into John C. Riley on the Stairmaster. Listen to what he said. I think right now my favorite fruit would be the papaya, Bob, because uh, it's good for your stomach, and if you get them when they're perfectly ripe, they're just, it's like ambrosia. It's like one of those foods like you see in science fiction movies when you come to the weird planet and the people are eating this perfect food. Uh, that, that would be the papaya for me. You know, you're talking to one of the all-time Irish bullshit artists, so you could give me any subject... <laughs> I'll, I'll make a meal out of it. <laughs> Thanks, John. Fruit and liquor go hand in hand. Here's a great example. It's white port and lemon juice. It's an extremely sweet drink, the way it's usually made. You don't have to grab a pencil. I'm not going to give you exact measurements. You take a single measure of port and about the same amount of lemonade. We're talking about the sickly sweet stuff known as British port. And the lemonade is also the British version carbonated, and never having seen a lemon. This is a cheap form of drink, favored by working-class folk, especially women, in the east end of London. They use cheap ingredients, but it could still put you in the stratosphere. 
I'm not sure how it made the transition to the American market, but the Four Deuces recorded a tribute song to it called WPLJ, White Port and Lemon Juice. Here are the Four Deuces. Well, I said, WPLJ, the real taste good to me. Oh, 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 WPLJ, won't you take a drink with me? It's a good, good wine to really make you feel so fine. So fine, so fine, so fine. Well, I went to the store when they opened up the door. I said, please, please, please give me some more. White for Deuces, going to the store to get some more of that white port and lemon juice. That song was later covered by doo-wop fanatic Frank Zappa, along with the Mothers of Invention. There was a radio station in New York that was originally called WJZ-FM, and on February 14th, 1971, they changed their call letters to WPLJ and played rock and roll. They were inspired by the Four Deuces and the Mothers of Invention. Other things you can put lemon juice in are marinated artichokes, guacamole, chicken piccata. It's especially good in red wine vinaigrette. You can't make a lemon poppy seed cake without it. And ceviche depends on it. It's a seafood prepared using a centuries-old method of cooking by contact with the acidic juice of citrus fruits instead of heat. That's right. You can use lemon juice to cook a fish. Remember you heard it here on Theme Time Radio Hour. Your home for themes, dreams, and culinary schemes. I'll warn you in advance, I don't like prunes. Mm -hmm. And why? For one uh... thing, prunes are wrinkled, and I don't like wrinkled fruit. And then there's the matter of the pits. 
Disgusting. Yes. Well, what do you do with a prune pit once it's in your mouth? I agree. That's why Sunsweet has developed this brand new pitted prune. You see? No pits. What do you mean, no pits? How do they do that? They do it. Well, they're very sweet and moist. Yes. They're still rather badly wrinkled, you know. Today, the pits. Tomorrow, the wrinkles. Sunsweet marches on. Let's check the email. We go on right here. This is from Anthony Montano, and he's writing from Tucson, Arizona. He writes, Dear Bob, I really like the show. I especially enjoyed your show about trains. I see many trains out here in Arizona, and it's good to have some information about them now. Well, thanks, Anthony. We try to be educational as well as entertaining. Kind of, uh, invitational. Anthony continues, Maybe you can help me with this. My family and I recently went to London, England. My father kept saying we're going to see a lot of limeys. I had no idea what he was talking about. Can you help me out? P.S. How about a show about trucks? I see a lot of them, too. Well, Anthony, we'll think about doing a truck show for you. But in the meantime, let me illuminate you on the term limey. Originally, the term was applied to British sailors. During the 17th and 18th centuries, members of the Royal Navy suffered terribly from scurvy. When I say suffered terribly, I mean they got extreme fatigue, swollen bruised legs, swollen gums, and a difficulty eating. Scurvy is caused by a lack of vitamin C. And I'm sure you know vitamin C comes mainly from fresh fruits and vegetables. Not exactly in plentiful supply when you're spending months at sea. While the powers that be prescribe lime juice for all sailors to help ward off scurvy. Thus the name Limeys. Over the years, the term limeys lost its original context and was eventually applied to all Englishmen, and Englishwomen for that matter. I hope that helps you out, and I'll start looking for some truck songs. And in the meantime, here's four limeys from Liverpool, Strawberry Fields Forever. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Strawberry fields forever. 
Strawberry Fields Forever. The thing about the Beatles is that they made great records. I mean, the songs are great, but the records take it to a whole other level. Take that one, for instance. You got a Mellotron, you got trumpets and cellos, you got slowed down vocals that sound kind of psychedelic. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's two separate takes. I mean, they took the original acoustic demo and then a hard rocking version and spliced them together. And you don't even realize it because the whole record just sounds so good, you don't focus on any one little thing. It's greater than the sum of its parts. And the parts are pretty good. There were promises made in this office. You mustn't tell me you've got people to see. I put 34 years into this firm. Now I can't pay my insurance. You can't eat the orange and throw away the peel. A man isn't a piece of fruit. Nowadays, they're making these new fruit hybrids. That's where they cross-pollinate different trees. There's no test tubes involved. There's no Dr. Frankenstein or Dr. Moreau making crazy mad scientist fruits, but they seem unusual just the same. For instance, have you tried a pluot? It's a cross between a plum and an apricot. Or a plumcot. That's a 50-50 split between a plum and an apricot. There's nectar plums, nectar cots, picatums, which is a hybrid of a peach, a plum, and an apricot together. There's also a cocktail fruit, which is a cross between a pomelo and a tangerine. I gotta tell you, I don't even know what a pomelo is. I love tangerines. I don't know if I want to cross one with a pomelo. Plum good plums. Fruit-wise, I'm just an old-fashioned guy. So here's an old-fashioned song about watermelons. It's by the Savoy Havana Band, and they're one of the great pioneer English bands. A lot of these are called hotel bands because they would play in the lounges at hotels. And what would happen is musicians would either travel from the United States or English musicians would hear American bands and bring some of that jazz influence to their music hall sounding bands. It made for an interesting hybrid. I mean, it was no plum cot, but it was pretty damn good. Here's the Savoy Havana Band, which at a certain time featured Rudy Valley on the saxophone. Songs written by Billy Rose and Con Conrad. I'm going to bring a watermelon to my girl tonight.
I brought an orange, we kissed and eat the band. When I brought bananas, she hugged me all her mind. I'm gonna bring a watermelon to my girl that boy Havana band. I'm going to bring a watermelon to my girl tonight. In 1925, the world's record for largest watermelon was 136 pounds by Hugh Lasseter. 80 years later, in 2005, the biggest watermelon was 150 pounds larger, and that belonged to Lloyd Bright. 80 years, 150 pounds larger, and they say we shouldn't be worried about nuclear fallout. the subject of watermelon, here's a fellow with a colorful name, Crown Prince Waterford. He was born with the name Charles in Jonesboro, Arkansas. In 1945, he joined Jay McShine's band. Unfortunately, Jay also had Jimmy Witherspoon in the band, so he didn't need two guys of that caliber singing the blues in the same band. Jimmy Witherspoon went on to become quite famous. Crown Prince Waterford left the band and was nowhere near as well known. But don't feel too bad for him. He found happiness. He left popular music, joined the church, and was known as Reverend Charles Rodderford. Here he is, the Reverend Charles Rodderford, the former crown prince, eating watermelon. Way down in Georgia, yeah, you can get a great big watermelon for a nickel. Yeah, they eat the meat. And out of the rinds, they make watermelon pickles. Well, the meat is red. Yeah! And the seeds are black. Yeah! You open your mouth real wide, and you draw way back. Eat watermelon. Eat watermelon. Eat watermelons. Eat them all day long. Well, watermelons, watermelons, fresh and fine. Eat the watermelons and... Save the rinds, make preserves out of the rinds and have watermelons all the time. Eat watermelons, eat watermelons, eat watermelons, eat them all day long.
One cat ate so much, tell it bust his vest. He was eating watermelon. He was eating watermelon. He was eating watermelons. Ate them all day long. Grandparents Waterford eating watermelon here on Theme Time Radio Hour, where we want to remind you a vegetable is a herbaceous plant cultivated for an edible part. The seeds, the roots, the stems, the leaves, bulbs, tubers are non-sweet fruits. A fruit could be a vegetable, but a vegetable could not be a fruit. Sweet pineapples. The sweetness of fruit encourages animals to eat it and thereby spread the seeds. Here's a couple of fruits that you always thought were vegetables. Cucumbers, zucchini, avocados, green, red, and yellow peppers, pumpkins. And I don't have to tell you about tomatoes. One thing that's definitely a fruit, and that's the most popular fruit in the world. Matter of fact, in North America, more of this fruit's eaten every day than any other fruit. They're rich in potassium and 11 other minerals and 6 vitamins. They can be eaten out of your hand. They can be baked. You can use them in a sandwich, pastry, cakes, fruit salad. You can even freeze them and eat them instead of ice cream. I'm talking about bananas. That's the good news. The bad news is we've got new bananas today. We got meat. We got coffee. We got cigarettes. Even toffee. We got sugar. Got honey. Got shoes. We got gas. Even money. We got cars. We got nylons. We got neutrons, even cyclones. We got most everything, even a new song to sing. But you know what? We ain't got. Yes. We have no bananas. We have no bananas today. We string beans and onions, kabachas and scallions, and all kinds of fruit and say.
We're going this way, hey, we've got houses. Made of plastic, an imitation elastic. What we ain't got, yes, we have no My engineer Tex is holding up a note. He says we got a caller on line three. Hello, caller. You're on Theme Time Radio Hour. Hello. Uh, my name is Arnold Fink, and uh, I'm enjoying the show very much. But I have to tell you, I- I'm in the fruit business. Yeah. And uh, you're saying that bananas are the number one fruit, but I, I-, I happen to sell apples, and I-, I happen to know that apples are number one. Bananas are number three. Well, we're very sorry for the error. We'll correct it in all future broadcasts. How about sending over a carton of apples to us? I'd be happy to. And you know what's number two, don't you? What? Prunes. Prunes? Yep. Well, I'm not surprised. I know they move pretty quickly. Thanks for calling, Arnold. A pleasure. I still think it was bananas. You know what? I'm going to play another song about bananas just to show that guy. Here's Harry Belafonte with a song about the day before day one. I'm talking about day O. Here's the great singer, the great actor, the man who popularized Calypso, a humanitarian, and at one time, my boss, Harry Belafonte, and the Banana Boat song, Mr. Tallyman, Tally Me Banana. I think it's number one. Daylight come and me won't go home. Work all night and I drink a rum. Daylight come and me won't go home. Stack banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me won't go home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me won't go Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me one go home. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Day is a day. A beautiful bunch, a ripe banana. Daylight come and we want go home. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and we want go home. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight 
Danny Kaye as UNICEF's Goodwill Ambassador, the great Harry Belafonte, and the Banana Boat song. Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way, and when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue, bananas taste the best and are the best for you. Well, we've been playing a lot of songs about fruit, and most of them have been pretty happy. Some of them have been a little risque, and that's only appropriate. Most fruit is sweet and wonderful. However, some fruit is especially bitter, and this song represents the most bitter of all fruit. It was written by Abel Maripole, who used the pen name Lewis Allen. He was a radical school teacher from the Bronx who went on to write the famous song, The House I Live In, a song about tolerance that Frank Sinatra made famous. He was also the man who adopted the children of Ethel and Julius Rosenberg after the execution of their parents. He wrote this song in reaction to his horror of Southern lynch mob mentality. He first wrote it as a poem, but then set it to music, and it made the rounds as a protest song in leftist circles around New York. That's where it came to the attention of Barney Josephson, who founded the nightclub Café Society. Headlining at Café Society was Billie Holiday. Josephson brought the song to her, and she started performing it. It sent shockwaves through the club. It wasn't easy for Billy to record this song. People at her label thought she should remain an entertainer, not someone presenting a serious message. But Billy demanded respect. She earned her nickname Lady. She went across the street to another record label, the Commodore label, run by Milt Gabler, who, by the way, was the uncle of Billy Crystal. Gabler issued the song, and it became a jukebox hit, though it wasn't played on many radio stations. This song carries as much weight today as it ever did. Here's Billie Holiday with Strange Fruit. Thank you. 
Imagine yourself in a nightclub in New York. The lights would go down to darkness, except for one pin spotlight. Billy Holiday would sing the song. By the time the song ended, not a person was speaking. She didn't bow. She wasn't waiting for an encore. People were stunned. Silence filled the room. Billy wrote in her autobiography, There wasn't even a patter of applause after I finished. Then a lone person began to clap nervously, and suddenly everybody was clapping. The entire audience applauded, choked with emotion over what they just heard. Cassandra Wilson does a beautiful version of that song, showing how the sad story is still sadly relevant today. Well, I hate to leave you on such a sad note. After all, we had such a fun time for most of the hour. But like Billy Holiday, I understand when to make an exit. So until next week, be fruitful and multiply. Stay on the sunny side and have at least eight portions of fruits and vegetables every day, especially bananas. They're number one. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Gorodetsky and the associate producer is Anita Fitzgerald. Continuity is by Eats Martin and the editor is Damien Rodriguez. The supervising editor is Rob McComber. The research team is Diane Lapson and Bernie Bernstein with additional research courtesy of Lynn Sheridan, April Hayes, Callie Gladden, Terrence Michael, Sean Patrick, and Matthew Meltzer. Robert Bauer was the librarian and the production coordinator was Debbie Sweeney. Special thanks go out to Randy Azrati, Coco Shinomiya, Simpsons Diner, and Lee Abrams. Tex Carbone was our director of studio operations. Recorded in Studio B of the historic Abernathy Building, built in 1848. It's a great water park production in association with Big Red Tree. This is your announcer, Pierre Mancini, speaking. Be here next week when we unfold the street map. 